beautiful singing there tonight. Thank you so much. All the singing, music's been tremendous, stirred my heart. Matthew chapter 5, turn in your Bibles please. Matthew chapter number 5, I mentioned this morning in the last point of the message on the glorious gospel, how that I wanted to try to tie in a little bit to this thought this evening. And so we're just going to kind of pick up where we talked about having a conversation as becometh the gospel, kind of take that idea and look at it from a different perspective. But when you find your place in Matthew 5, stand with me, please. We're just going to read a couple of verses here in this message of... Uh, a sermon on the Mount, and let's see what we have tonight from God's Word. Matthew 5, verse 13, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, verse 16 that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to preach on that little statement right there, good works. There's quite a bit in the Bible about it. We're not going to look at all the verses, but we're going to look at a few of them tonight and uh, let God challenge our hearts in this area of good works. Lord, help us now, I pray, as we turn our hearts and our minds to the Scripture. We thank you for the singing, both choirs, Lord, the special music. Our hearts have been stirred from beautiful songs and the words in the songs. And now I pray that you would allow us to be able to listen attentively and may Lord you give me liberty and power to preach and proclaim your word tonight is our prayer in Jesus name amen thank you so much for standing you can be seated there's a lot in this passage of scripture that we could look at just the few verses that I read obviously this chapter and several chapters after that the message of uh, the Sermon on the Mount was so many different subjects and topics but just the few verses we just read, verse 13 down through verse number 16, we see him talking about the, uh, the children of God, the, the, the Christians being the salt of the earth and being the light of the world. And when he gets down to verse number 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me just say this on the outset. I think it's important uh, in the message that I do in case there be someone here tonight that's not saved or someone visiting tonight to understand that good works is not something that is taught in the scripture for salvation. It's not something that you do in order to get to heaven. We do good works because we are already going to heaven, amen. We don't perform good works in order to be saved. We do good works because we are saved. And I quoted Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 in the message this morning, uh, but it is important to understand that it is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Isaiah 55 says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of God. So to assume that you can earn your way to heaven by good works is an insult and an affront to God. So a lot of people, a lot of churches, so-called churches, denominations, religions, teach a works-based salvation. I like what one man said, the difference in what we believe, what the Bible teaches, and what a lot of the rest of the world believes can be summed up just in the differences in two letters. They're always saying do, 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 and ours is done, amen, D-O-N-E, it's done. And uh, Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished. Our sin debt was paid on the cross. And so I just wanted to mention that tonight. This message on good works has nothing whatsoever to do with trying to be saved or trying to earn your way to heaven. That's impossible. 
It is physically impossible for an imperfect person to be able to accomplish the work that God requires for salvation. Jesus did that, took care of that on the cross. Aren't you thankful for that? But it is important tonight for us to understand the definition of good works. I had so many directions that I wanted to take this thought, this, just this phrase of good works. We could have gone in so many different directions with it, but I want to just dissect it if I can. First of all, they're good. They're good. Now listen, there's, I'm, not, I'm not talking about something that's debatable whether or not it's good or questionable as to whether or not it's good. We're not talking about gray areas. We're not talking about personal preferences. We're talking about what the Bible says is good, okay? And uh, that, that's, uh, the Bible defines what's good. The Bible tells us what's good. And what is good to God may not be good to us or good to man, but what God calls good is good. And in these verses, he's talking about good works. And so the first thing we have to notice is that they are good. The second thing we notice is that they're works. This is so deep. Y'all stay with me now. I'm gonna lose you if you're not careful. We're not talking about good ideas. We're talking about good works. We're not talking about good intentions. We're talking about good works. Are y'all getting this? We're not talking about good wishes or good plans. We're talking about good works. We're talking about good and something you do works. A lot of people are negligent in their good works for the simple fact that it involves work. That's a four-letter word a lot of people don't like. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. <laughs> she did them. She did good works. I think it's important that we understand getting into this message that this is something that is performed, something that is done, and they're only good works once you do them. You can say, well, I, I thought about doing it. I had it on my heart to do that. The Lord, Lord impressed upon me. We got all these spiritual ways of getting around actually doing it. Good works are something that is done. It's not a state of being. It's something that you do. I think it's important that we understand that before we get into the message. I think it's also understand, important to understand that not sinning is not good works. Let me say it like this. Not doing bad works is not the same thing as doing good works. Just because you're not out fornicating or committing adultery or drinking or smoking or doing drugs or, or killing somebody, just because you're not beating your kids and slapping your wife doesn't mean that you're actually doing good works. Good works is not the same as not doing bad works. Some of y'all look so disappointed to hear that. There's a difference. Three things by way of introduction and then we're gonna get into the, the passage. I want you to, if you were just taking down notes, this isn't on the screen, but we'll notice our example of good works. John chapter 10, verse 32, Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? Jesus is our example of good works. Another place said that Jesus went around everywhere doing good. Amen. Everywhere he went, he did good. He didn't think about doing good. He didn't sit on a rock somewhere and dream about one day I'd like to grow up and do some good stuff. No, he did it. And he's the example of someone that did good works. We got other examples in the scripture, but he's our ultimate example of doing good works. Then we've got our expectation of good works. Ephesians chapter two, verse number 10, right after it says that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Right. 
Lest any man should boast. Then it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So good works are not done to be saved, but they're done after we're saved, and God expects us to live a life of good works. I love that verse, and I love, I love the word imagery and the pictures in that verse. We are his workmanship. We are his good work. But while he's doing a good work on us and in us, he's expecting us to do good works. He's planned that. That's his expectation of us. We see our example, our expectation. In Hebrews 10, 24, we see our exhortation. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Provoke one another to good works. Provoke one another to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. That's the next verse, verse 25. We come to church and we are faithful to church so that when we're here, we can encourage and motivate, provoke one another to love and good works. It occurred to me that there are a lot of churches today that doesn't seem to be provoking people to good works. They're provoking a lot of people to worldliness. Putting a stamp of approval on sin and carnality. And in their efforts to try to allow people to come in and get help, in their efforts to try to make sure the doors are open to people that have needs, somewhere in there they failed to understand that one of the reasons why we go to church is to be provoked to love and good works. We were talking this morning and I said our church is different on purpose. Our church is different about a lot of things on purpose. This isn't some afterthought. It's not an accident. We sit around in staff meetings and plan it that way. After 48 years of being a Baptist, I have analyzed and, 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 and critiqued Baptist churches forwards and backwards probably a little bit too much. But I can tell you right now, I want to make sure that when someone enters into this church and they come up, become a part of our church family, that we encourage them and, and motivate them to raise the bar in their life in order to provoke them to love and good works. Not mediocre works, not carnal works, not worldly works, not works of the flesh, but good works. Well, in order to do that, in order to motivate and provoke, I'm talking about our text and my verse in Hebrews 10, 24. If we're going to provoke the love and good works, we need to make good works clear and we need to make it obvious and we need to make it to the place to where people recognize that that is a good work. And it's better than the devil's work or the world's work. I, you can walk in here and, and somebody can walk in here and say, well, I like this church, but I don't know why they have to do that. I don't know why they have to do that. I don't know why they have to do that. And I say, well, why don't we just take and check all those things that off of the list and then our church will be just like all the rest of the churches in town. It's kind of what I don't want. I kind of want somewhere different, to be honest with you. I kind of want somewhere special. I kind of want some place where the Holy Spirit can work and move and where God's uh, working and moving uh, can happen. And in order to do that, I think it's important that we provoke one another to love and good works. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, if we were to take that out and take another thing out that you don't think is a big deal and another thing that's not a big deal, then what are we left with? Nothing. Status quo, average. So I want to keep raising the bar. I need that in my life. I need to be in a church that provokes me to love and good works. I need my family to be in a church that provokes them to love and good works. That's the expectation. Then we see our exhortation. But I want to get into the text tonight, just dissect this verse. It's a very simple message tonight. 
This is, this is a family devotion. This is a little Sunday school lesson right here for a K-4 class. But you'd be shocked at how many people all last week, you could probably write all of your good works on the back of that card right there. Look at what it says. We see the picture of good works. The verse is clear. Let your light so shine before men. Your light. We like the light. You're the light of the world, verse 14. We like that. We like that truth, the concept about being a light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. The, pictures, the picture of good works. Our good works are a light. The light is our good works. Unless, unless I'm missing something. What else could it be? Unless you're bald-headed and there's a glare off your head. There's nothing else that it could be. Your, your life, your testimony, your good works is the light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. The good works is the light. The brightness of your light is a direct correlation to the amount of good works in your life. Let your light so shine. The more good works that you are performing, the brighter your light. Am I missing something? I guess the verse, the other verse you look at is Philippians chapter 2, verse number 15. That you be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. How are you shining as a light in a crooked and perverse generation? By being blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. The picture of good works is that of light. You're a light. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. There's so many people today are, 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 are critical of somebody that's trying to live right and do right. Not realizing that that is, that is letting your light shine. I would never be guilty. I never want to be guilty criticizing somebody for trying to live right and do right. Do good works and do good deeds and, 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 and raise the bar in their life. I'd never want to be guilty of looking at a person that's trying to let their light shine and say, you know you ain't got to do all that. You can go live ever how you want to live and do whatever you want to do and you're still going to heaven. We're not talking about going to heaven. We're talking about good works. We're talking about letting your light shine. And the good works that we find in this verse, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Obviously, this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it. Anything good that we do is done through the power and with the help of the, of the Holy Spirit, with God working in us and through us. In and of ourselves dwelleth no good thing. There's no way that you and I, apart from the filling of the Holy Spirit, can do anything good. But the point I'm trying to make is the picture that is given in this passage of Scripture is that our good works are a light to the world. So I wonder how bright our light is based on our good works. Secondly, we see not only the picture of good works, but we see the portrayal of good works. There's a, there's a key truth in these verses. Verse 14, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The understanding in verse number 14 is that the light is supposed to be where you can see it. Look at verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Again, the light needs to be where you can see it. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see 
your good works. Well, God sees my heart. How many times have you heard that? God sees the heart. Yeah, God does see the heart. Man's looking on the outward appearance. Man's looking on the outside, and I wonder what they're seeing. Are they seeing a light? Are they seeing good works? Your good works must amount to enough to be seen. You can either be a night light, or you can be a Hey, one of them LED parking lot lights like we got out there. I mean, it's up to you. But the truth of the matter is, the more good works and the more that you're doing for God, the more of a light you can be. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. People need to see. By the way, people are looking. People are looking. And, you know, we have uh, on several occasions had people walk up to us. Several of you have come to me in recently and told me that somebody walked up to you in town, walked up to you in a restaurant and say, you look like a Christian. You look like somebody that could help me pray about something. People are looking at you. I wonder, if, I, I wonder how it would go over in the parking lot at the grocery store or I wonder how it would go over in the restaurant if somebody looked at that lost person and said, oh, you're judging me. Of course they are. They're not even going to deny it. Yeah, I was looking at you, watching your family, watching how you conducted yourself, watching how you talk to one another, watching how you interact. And yeah, I, I, I gather that you might be a Christian. I've got a need. This happens a lot to people that are living right. Now, if you're not living right and acting right and looking right, that probably won't ever happen to you. But people are watching. People are looking. People are looking for a light. I want to be a light. I want to be a light. I want to be a lighthouse. I want to be a light that's bright and that's, that, that's making a difference in people when they see me, that it draws them to God. I want people when they see me to see someone that loves the Lord. I wish I could say that I always am that way, but I'm afraid that many times we, we forget that people are watching. We forget people are looking. And it's embarrassing if you ever say something or do something that's not Christ-like and somebody looks at you and somebody says something and uh, you kind of feel like Peter did when he betrayed the Lord and or denied the Lord, and Jesus looked at him, and he went out and wept. I've been, there have been times I was like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I didn't, I didn't represent Christ well. I didn't represent uh, a, a Christianity very well. But people are looking. People are watching. The apostle Paul spoke of this in Titus chapter 2, and he was writing to Titus. He said in chapter 2 of Titus, verse 7, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. In all things showing thyself a pattern of of good works. Everything you do should be setting the standard and the bar for good works. That's, pretty, that's a pretty tall order. That's a pretty tall order. I remember when I worked at Burger King, they made me watch, an, uh, this was when I was 15, they made me watch an uh, orientation video. Yeah, they had videos back then. It was an old VCR. I had to watch, I had to watch a, a video of how to run the, 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 the patties and the meat through the um, cook or broiler or whatever it is. The broiler. Did you work at Burger King too? <laughs> you watch a video? And they, they, the idea of it, the idea of it is to now go out and do what you just saw. You know, with the smile and your name tag and everything's got to be just right. Everything's got to be just perfect. They want you to go out and do that, imitate that. And, 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 and Paul said to Titus, I want you to be the pattern in all things Amen. of good works. Amen. That's, that's a lot of pressure. 
You think? You think? Young Timothy going to be a pastor, got a church full of people, just got saved, husbands and wives and kids, and he's got to be the pattern of good works in all things. No leeway, no, no license to sin, no, no permissiveness there to just, you know, just kind of be yourself and, you know, just it, it is what it is. No, the standard was set in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine and, up, and, up, and uncorruptness and gravity and sincerity. And he goes on and on and gives this list, be the pattern. Titus chapter three, verse number eight, this is a faithful saying in these things, I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So he went from saying the pastor needed to be the pattern of good works to now everybody that believes needs to be maintaining good works. Come on now, the world's watching, the world's looking. Number three, write this down. We see the product of good works, or you could say the purpose, if you will. Either one will work. What is the product? What is the purpose? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Your good works is a picture of the light. Your light is the good works. They're looking. Let them see it. Don't hide it. Put it out there where they can watch you, where they can learn, where they can grow, where they can, where they can see it. That's the portrayal. What is the product? What is the purpose? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. What is, our, what is our ultimate goal? What is our purpose for having good works? Is it to make our church look good, make our pastor look good, make our family look good? No. Make ourselves look good? No. It's to make God look good. It's to point people to Him. When people see our good works, if we're doing it right in his power and in his strength and we're doing it for the right reason, it will deflect and point people to the Lord that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. There are several places that we can look at. I'm gonna look at one in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 12. Listen to this. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. They're looking. They're watching your life. And, 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 and the good works that you do, I, I, I'm not even gonna get into the good works. I'm gonna let the Holy Spirit tell you what they are because there's too many of them to list. But the good works that you do and that you perform as a Christian with the help of God and following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you're rolling your sleeves up and you're getting involved in serving others and serving God. Those good works are a light that when people see that, it will show them and they will glorify God. Well, I don't want, I don't want to draw any attention to myself. Mm -hmm. Well, then the first thing you ought to do is delete that Facebook page. Come on now. Amen. And that dog won't hunt. You can't use that. They're looking. You're the good works which they shall behold. They're going to see it. And they're going to they're going to be they're going to they're going to see God. And they're going to glorify God. That's what our good works ought to do. I, as I was studying this and just meditating on these verses, I I was I was thinking about giving everybody a homework assignment. But since it's summer, I'm not. 
But I thought about maybe sometime this week, why don't you take a, don't you take a sheet of paper and just for one week, as many good works as you do that you can think of, write them down and go back and do inventory at the end of the week. How many good works did you do this week? That would fit into that category. I didn't say how many sins did you not commit. Uh-uh. I'm talking about your good works. Let your light, this is a personal thing. Well, I'm a part of a church that's doing a lot of things. I'm talking about yours. I'm not talking about grabbing a hold of somebody else's coattail or somebody else's skirt tail. And I'm, I'm talking about you. What are you doing to bring glory to God? What are you doing to let your light so shine before men? That when they see your good works, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. There's so much in the Bible about bringing glory to God. We know from John chapter 15 that he's glorified when we bear much fruit. This is, not, this is not some state of thought. This is not some, this is not some sitting in a cave somewhere on become, becoming one with nature. No, this is you rolling up your sleeves and doing something. What have you done? What are you planning on doing? Has God put something in your heart to do? I get tickled sometimes. I know people mean well, but I get people all the time tell me, preacher, you're just doing too much. You need to stop. Sometimes I think they're doing it because they are concerned about me. Sometimes I think I'm making them look bad. That's what I think sometimes. I can sleep when I'm dead. Got too stuff to do. Got too much to do. And I mean, there's, 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 a, there's a world that needs to be reached. There's a lot of darkness out there. Your good works are a light. You are a light. You are the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light when he was here. Did he not? I'm the light. Yeah. But then he said, you're the light. We're the light. He left us here to be the light. And it's dark. Is it not? It's dark. And people need light. They're going to get it. They're either going to get it from us or they're going to get it from the devil who's a counterfeit. Right. Angel of light. Come on now. That's another whole message. Satan is a counterfeiter. Angel of light. He's able to transform himself into an angel of light. People's looking for light. It's either going to be the true light or it's going to be the devil's light. Give them some light. Point them to Christ. People see you. They see your working. They see your heart. They see your passion. They see your zeal. They see your love for people. They see your love for ministry. They see your love for Christ. And it will draw them and it will point them to the Savior. And by doing that, you will bring glory to God. I wonder tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you were to take inventory this evening, if you were to just take a piece of paper, what are your good works? There, there's 16 or 17 verses in the New Testament alone that deal with the good works. It's all through there. I didn't look at all of them. We just looked at a few. I know this.